Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Sports Stove with host Vince Stover. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast: a look into the NFL offseason, free agent signings and trades, and a quick preview of the running backs in the upcoming draft. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. Welcome into today's Sports Stove Podcast, where we're talking the NFL. It is the offseason. So much has been going on so far this offseason. So today we'll get you caught up on all that's been going on with the key moves going on in the NFL so far. And then towards the end of the podcast, we will preview the top five running backs eligible here in the upcoming NFL Draft. Let's start off talking about quarterbacks. There have been many quarterbacks moving teams as well as re-signing with teams, franchise tags, all kinds of different things going on, including some quarterbacks still currently available out there. Let's run through them quickly. Dak Prescott tagged in Dallas, remaining with the Dallas Cowboys. He's not yet signed his tender, and they're saying now that he is actually back in contract negotiations about signing a long-term deal there in Dallas. The money seems to be right. Everybody's okay with that. It is the length of the contract that there was problems with, supposedly, according to the experts. And uh, so we'll continue to wait and see what happens exactly long-term with Dak Prescott. But for this year, he will be playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Drew Brees re-signs with New Orleans on a two-year contract and uh, should be able to finish out his career in New Orleans. Tom Brady, obviously the big signing when it comes to quarterbacks this year, signs a two-year contract with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not many people expected that to be the case. Almost all the professionals were saying he would go to L.A., but at the end of the day, Tampa Bay is a great fit for him. They've got offensive weapons. They need to bolster that offensive line, but I believe he'll still find some success there in Tampa. They are a tough division, so I'll be interested to see how it all plays out in the end. Another veteran quarterback on the move, Philip Rivers, signing a one-year deal with the Indianapolis Colts. Supposedly, he was considering retiring and maybe even going into the broadcast booth, but ultimately decides to sign a one-year deal with Indianapolis. Not sure that's the smartest move for Indianapolis, but I do think it is an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. And now we'll see if Philip Rivers can maybe play a little bit more careful uh, in Indianapolis. And that was one of his problems in Los Angeles slash San Diego was he was a little bit too gunslinger-ish, I guess, and uh, throwing the ball around too much and making some mistakes. 
So will he be able to play better? He'll have a great offensive line in Indianapolis and also some weapons there. So it'll be great to see how that all turns out for him. Teddy Bridgewater signs a three-year deal with the Carolina Panthers. And they also brought in some competition. XFL quarterback P.J. Walker. I really like P.J. Walker, but I also really like Teddy Bridgewater. I think Teddy Bridgewater will end up starting but maybe long-term, P.J. Walker might actually be the answer in Carolina. Ryan Tannehill signs the longest contract for a quarterback so far this year, a four-year deal to stay with Tennessee. It just made perfect sense for him to stay there. They, they know how to use him. They know what works with him. And uh, it made sense for him to stay four years. He's got a, a good good amount of money in that contract as well. But I think overall, that's going to be a decent landing spot or a decent spot for Ryan Tannehill. Marcus Mariota, the former Tennessee Titan quarterback, signs a two-year deal with Las Vegas. Uh, everyone would assume that's to be a backup. But, you know, John Gruden has not necessarily come out and uh, put his support behind Derek Carr. So maybe Mariota gets a chance there. Maybe he'll compete for the starting job. Maybe Gruden will like him better and he'll get more playing time than what we expect. And then also Jordan Ta'amu, the, uh, I believe I'm saying that right, the XFL quarterback out of St. Louis. He signs with the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously to be a backup there on Andy Reid's system and maybe even play a versatile role, something similar to the Taysom Hill in New Orleans. Uh, wait to be seen, but uh, he is a very athletic quarterback, can run the ball very well, and had a decent success in the XFL. Two quarterbacks still without a job, Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. Where will they land? Nobody knows. The Chargers are the most obvious spot for both of these guys. Now, they won't obviously sign both. They may not sign either one. They claim Tyrod Taylor's their man. But why would you not give Cam Newton or Jameis Winston a shot at least to compete with Tyrod Taylor. If Cam Newton is healthy or anywhere close to healthy, he's a better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor. Jameis Winston has his flaws, obviously. Turns the ball over uh, way too much. The question is, is can he also provide you more excitement, more ticket sales, more potential than Tyrod Taylor? I would say yes to all of those things. Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, uh, you know, there's a really good landing spots out there for them. Denver is another team to watch. Um, they have Drew Locke, but from what I saw of Drew Locke, I'm not sold, and I can't believe they are either. I'm not sure they'd bring in uh, either of these guys, but that's a team to watch for as well. And I think both of them should get signed relatively soon and get an opportunity to at the very least compete, especially Cam Newton. Uh, there's no reason to not uh, for him to not go to a job that he can at least compete for. And then Jameis Winston, he's got to learn to quit throwing interceptions. But he's still got a lot of talent, too. Someone surely will take a flyer on him as well. One of the things we always look at in the NFL offseason is who won the offseason. Everybody likes to talk about they made these great signings, and they made these great draft picks, and they made these great trades, and this team is going to be great this year. Last year, that was the Cleveland Browns, and that did not turn out well. But let's take a look at some of the better signings uh, here this year. Then we'll talk about teams that are probably uh, winning the offseason thus far. Arizona made the big trades and acquired DeAndre Hopkins from the Houston Texans, one of the best receivers in the NFL. I would say top three. I would dare say top two. Michael Thomas might beat him out. 
Um, there's other, obviously, really great receivers in the league right now, but DeAndre Hopkins is a great receiver. They add him in Arizona with an opportunity to give Kyler Murray another explosive weapon. Larry Fitzgerald's a great ball player, um, but he's not explosive anymore. Hopkins can be that explosion for the Arizona offense and give Kyler Murray an important weapon on the outside. The Atlanta Falcons also made some interesting moves here this offseason, signing Dante Fowler and Todd Gurley, and then trading for Hayden Hurst, the tight end from Baltimore. Dante Fowler is a very good pass rusher and has continued to improve. And then Todd Gurley, that's the big question mark in Atlanta right now, is running back as they uh, released Freeman earlier. And bringing in Todd Gurley, the question is, is how healthy is he? Can he play every game? Um, is he going to be the Todd Gurley of last year, or is he going to be the Todd Gurley of years previous? I think he's got a great opportunity in Atlanta, a different coaching staff that would give him more opportunity. I think we're going to see somewhat of a resurgence for Todd Gurley uh, this year. And then Hayden Hurst, a quality tight end after losing Hooper uh, to Cleveland. Atlanta needed a tight end, and they found one that can definitely play the position well. Baltimore bolstered their defense, adding Michael Brockers and Calais Campbell. Buffalo made the trade for Stephon Diggs uh, from Minnesota. They also signed Josh Norman, the cornerback, and we'll be interested to see if he can regain some of his form. Carolina, along with adding Teddy Bridgewater and P.J. Walker, they also brought in receiver Robbie Anderson. And I'm not completely sold on him yet. He had some good good things uh, in New York, but uh, he's trying to be that number one guy, and uh, they need one in Carolina, so maybe he can produce for them. They also acquired Russell Okun, the offensive lineman. Uh, Cleveland added an offensive lineman in Jack Conklin from Tennessee Titans. And uh, he's a very good lineman, solid lineman, and a lot of Titans fans are not happy to see him gone. They also, as we mentioned earlier, brought in tight end Austin Hooper to add to their offensive weapons, and that should give them uh, a continued arsenal of weapons there in Cleveland. The question is, can they put it all together? Denver made some great additions as well, trading for A.J. Bowie and uh, also Jarrell Casey. And then they brought in the running back Melvin Gordon from I was going to say San Diego from the Chargers. And really what would cap off their offseason as a quarterback. Will they bring someone in to challenge Drew Locke? We mentioned it earlier. Cam Newton could come in. I would assume beat out Drew Locke. I don't see Denver bringing in Jameis Winston, but you never know. Maybe they will. If they add a quarterback to this offseason list, uh, they will have bolstered their team. Jarrell Casey, they got for a seventh-round draft pick. He was influential in Tennessee in the locker room as well as on the field. A great pickup there for Denver. The Indianapolis Colts, along with bringing in Phillip Rivers, added some defensive help as well. DeForest Buckner came over for a first-round draft pick, the number 13 pick overall. But he was a solid and impactful defensive lineman in San Francisco. They expect him to be the same in Indianapolis. They also signed Xavier Rhodes, the cornerback out of Minnesota. Had a down year last year. The year before that was incredible. Can he regain form? The Indianapolis Colts are banking on just that. The Las Vegas Raiders still have to get used to that. They've signed a number of people this offseason, including Eli Apple, the defensive back, who was with New Orleans last year, and then Corey Littleton as well, coming over a linebacker. And then they signed uh, tight end Jason Witten. I can't believe he's going to be super impactful on the field, but it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, gain some uh, maybe experience that will eventually turn into coaching for Jason Witten, as we know his broadcasting career is going nowhere. 
The Los Angeles Chargers made a number of good signings and trades here this offseason. They bring in offensive lineman Brian Balaga, uh, who was with Green Bay and had one of his best seasons last year at right tackle. They also acquired Trey Turner from the Carolina Panthers. Then on defense, they add Chris Harris, the defensive back, and Linval Joseph as well on the defensive line. Again, the one thing that the Chargers need is quarterback, and they have the opportunity to bring in a veteran. We expect them to draft a quarterback in the first round of the draft, but uh, adding another veteran to challenge Tyrod Taylor seems to be logical. We'll see if they do that or not. The Miami Dolphins made a flurry of signings early on in free agency. Eric Flowers, Jordan Howard, the running back, Byron Jones, the defensive back, Shaq Lawson, the rusher, and Kyle Van Noy as well. And uh, they, they it started to look like maybe they were trying to sign people to lure Tom Brady to Miami. We don't know that they ever tried to get Tom Brady or not. Again, expected to draft a quarterback early in the draft here uh, in the coming month. But uh, good signings should add some good depth to a team that fought and played very hard last year. The New Orleans Saints added another weapon and Emmanuel Sanders to the wide receiver crew. Then on defense, they bring in Malcolm Jenkins, who's been a leader in Philadelphia for years, as well as DJ Swearingen. And uh, I believe that he is a, a great defensive back as well, a safety that can, can give you quality depth and make sure you don't lose uh, much when if a starter has to come off the field. Then in Tennessee, they, they lost a few people this year. Uh, they mainly kept their, their quarterback in Tannehill, uh, their running back in Derrick Henry. Then they brought in a edge rusher, Vic Beasley, from Atlanta. I think it's a great signing for Tennessee and an opportunity for them to continue to compete. In the AFC South, which is actually getting weaker as opposed to stronger with Houston not going to be as good. Jacksonville still in limbo. Indianapolis, there's a lot of question marks as well. So Tennessee kind of holding ground and adding someone solid like Vic Vic Beasley should help them compete again for the AFC South title. So who won the offseason? Well, of course, it's not over yet. And uh, with the draft coming up here very soon, Cincinnati's added some good pieces. If they add a starting quarterback in the draft with the number one overall pick, which we expect them to do, then uh, they might as, might win the offseason. But right now, I think New Orleans is, is uh, in a great spot, adding the weapons that they added with Emmanuel Sanders and Malcolm Jenkins. I believe the Chargers have made massive steps forward. But if they don't get a quality starting quarterback for this year, if they draft someone that needs to develop, that's not going to help them. Tyrod Taylor is a fine quarterback. He's a quality backup quarterback who can come in and give you some quality time if your starter goes out. But they need a veteran starter. And I think they need to sign Cam Newton. I've been saying it for months now that the Chargers and Cam Newton are a perfect marriage. Whether or not they'll do it, I don't know. Uh, But they've made a great stride so far in the offseason. They are definitely some of the winners of the offseason. Atlanta, I've got as well as one of the leaders in the offseason. Race, Dante Fowler, Gurley, Hayden Hurst, great signings. Baltimore bolstered their defense as well. There's a lot of good things going on right now, but I really like what Indianapolis has done, adding DeForest Buckner, Xavier Rhodes, Phillip Rivers, among others. The winner of the offseason so far, in my opinion, the Indianapolis Colts. All right, we've already discussed quarterbacks in the draft a podcast episode ago, but now I want to talk with you just briefly about the running backs that are eligible in the draft. There's really five top running backs, and then the rest kind of fall behind all of them. DeAndre Swift tends to be the number one 
running back overall on pretty much all the professionals' boards. Professionals are wrong, obviously, many times over, but uh, they could be right on this one. DeAndre Swift out of Georgia had 1,200 yards last year and seven touchdowns. He is talented. Georgia has produced some very talented running backs, and so history would say it's probably a safe pick. I like DeAndre Swift, but he's not my number one. My number one is Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Last year, over 2,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, and then at the combine, he wowed us all by running a 4.3940. Uh, under 4.4 uh, surprised me, and I already liked him going in. He's got some turnover problems. He's fumbled the ball in college, but he was producing consistently at Wisconsin, and I believe he's the best running back in the draft. I believe that DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor will be the only two running backs to go in the first round. They're both very talented. I don't think that any team can necessarily lose on either one of them. But Jonathan Taylor, to me, is the better running back. And if I were picking, I'd pick him ahead of DeAndre Swift. The other three running backs that are in the the, the conversation for top running backs and should go in the first couple of rounds, LSU's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 1,400 yards last year, 16 touchdowns. He also added 55 catches for 453 yards. He is a dual threat out of the backfield. He showed his skills this last year, and uh, obviously he was uh, working with a great quarterback in Joe Burrow this season as well. They have top-notch talent in LSU right now, but he seems to be a great running back. I see him being number three off the board uh, at running back. There. Then Ohio State's J.K. Dobbins, over 2,000 yards, 21 touchdowns. He ran a 4-5 in the combine. Again, another player that is obviously gifted. There might be a little bit more to develop with him than there is with Swift and Taylor, which is why he could fall to the second round more than likely. But he's a very talented running back. He's got decent speed, uh, but, uh, but not great speed at the same time. But he showed off his talent this past year at Ohio State, and we expect to see him going in the second round. Then Utah's Zach Moss. Zach Moss uh, has similar rushing stats to LSU's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's got 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns, and uh, some are saying he could go even in the late first round. I just don't see that happening, not with the receivers, not with the offensive linemen, and not with the quarterbacks that are in the draft this year. I don't see Utah Zach Moss sliding into the first round, but the professionals, they say either late, some say late first round, others say into the third round. So he's going to be more than likely late second round would be my guess. Uh, I don't know a lot about Zach Moss and what I've read on him and what I've watched on him. Uh, He seems like a a decent back. He's obviously got NFL talent, but he's not a guy that you go up and and spend an early pick on as far as your first pick in the draft. So if you you have no first-round draft picks and you're going to the second round, you're probably not looking at Zach Moss as the guy that's going to turn your team around. There are very few teams that really need running backs in this draft. That's why it's going to make it hard for these guys to go super early. I think you're looking at teams like the New York Jets. They draft number 11. They've got Le'Veon Bell, but you always need a second running back. And that might be a spot where Swift or Taylor goes to the New York Jets. They are early in the first round at number 11. 
The other team to watch for in the first round, uh, well, there's two, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They draft number 14. Uh, right now, Ronald Jones is, all, is their running back. So, yeah, it could be a good pick at number 14 to go with the running back. They pick number 13 in the second round, so they may wait till then as well. But they're definitely a team to watch out for. Uh, Seattle at 27. They have Chris Carson and Rashard Penny. But it uh, could be a team uh, as well in the first round. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs are a team to watch for. If someone like Jonathan Taylor uh, fell to Kansas City down at 32, uh, they'd be crazy to pass on them. They've got Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson, others as well, but those are teams definitely to watch out for. When it comes to the second round, you're looking at Detroit. They pick early in the second round. Uh, Tennessee with just Derrick Henry. They lost Deion Lewis in free agency. And then Indianapolis, they've got Marlon Mack and Najim uh, Hines. They have two picks in the second round, so possibly a spot there for them to go running back as well. But like I said, there's just not a lot of great need at running back right now for most teams in the NFL. So you could see some of those guys fall to a late second round and maybe even third round, which would be great value for some of these guys here at the NFL Draft. Thank you for listening to today's Sports Stove Podcast. You can find us on social media, Twitter, at Sports Stove. And on Facebook, the Sports Stove Podcast. Thank you for listening today. We were looking at possibly doing a live podcast event on Facebook Live uh, to talk about the NFL draft and needs for each NFL team. So be on the lookout for that. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.